How's it going today, guys? We're back here live in the studio for an episode of Hot Takes with CP3. Once again, I'm your host, Thomas Penling, coming to you guys live from Atlanta, Georgia. I am joined by Ben Gorwitz on today is Thursday, August 4th, 2022. Ben, say what's up to the people, man. It's a big day of sports right smack in the middle of August or in the beginning of August. Oh, yeah. Big day, and uh, we get to talk about your conference today. Oh, yeah. I'm excited to talk about my conference, guys. We were talking about the Atlantic Coast Conference, the ACC. I'm not going to say they're the best football because it's simply not true, but they are a great conference. This is where my Florida State Seminoles play. Ben, before we get into it, man, just real quick, are you going to be watching the Hall of Fame game today? I'm sure it'll be on on my second TV. Um, Okay. But no, I won't be watching it. I'll be tuned into the the Braves-Mets series. So game one, the Braves got to get off on a good foot. Yeah, that was the other thing I was to say. I just said to Ben in the warm-up room, I was like, you know what? I was like, we need to go ahead and knock this out because it's almost 6 o'clock, so we can get our minds right before the Braves. Big game, big series coming up. I will definitely be watching the Hall of Fame game. I definitely bet on it. So, I mean, you have to. We've waited too long for football. I might as well get a little sweat in on it. I'm definitely going to be the same way as you, though. Braves go on the main TV absolutely today. Anyway, though, Ben, let's get this thing underway. Let's start things off here. So, obviously, guys, this is the last year of of, of the ACC having the Atlantic in-coast and coastal divisions. Um Ben, let's start things out in the coastal because I think we can get through the coastal pretty quick and then the Atlantic will be longer on the back half. We will start things out with the conference champion, Pittsburgh Panthers. They were 7-1 and one last year. They had Kenny Pickett, though, as their starting QB. Um, they've definitely lost a, a decent bit of guys on offense, losing Kenny Pickett and Mario Addison. Good news is Keaton Slovis transfers in. Um, they also did lose Jordan Addison, the Bolitnikoff Award winner, as he transferred out to USC, but they still have a great wide receiver room. They have good running backs, decent offensive line. Um, I'll start us off here real quick on Pitt, Ben. Look, Pitt actually has, in I mean, according to the magazines I look at and according to what I think as well, they have the second best offensive or defensive line in all of college football. Pat Narduzzi does an incredible job with the defense. I think last year the offense might have just been a little too explosive. But this defense is going to be sick, Ben. This is going to be your typical Pitt team. You see where they rely on their defense first. Out of conference, they do play West Virginia and Tennessee. Both those games, they'll be at home at Western Michigan where they lost last year, and they take on Rhode Island. The crossover games, um, not exactly the hardest at Louisville, who I do think will be pretty good. And then they also play um, – or it's either Syracuse or Virginia. Syracuse is their other crossover game. So I thought – so they do get a pretty easy schedule in the conference. Ben, how are the Pittsburgh Panthers going to do this year? Well, you're not wrong. They're, they're strong on defense. They get seven starters back. Uh, their defensive unit held opponents to just a tick over five yards per play. They led the ACC in rush defense last year and limited teams to uh, 23.6 points a game last year. So it's pretty good. They got to replace a couple corners, but um, obviously Jordan Addison left and Pickett left. So two pretty big names to replace uh, Addison, obviously going to USC, Pickett to the pros. They bring Kendall Slovis, who has not won the quarterback job as of right now, which is pretty shocking. I, I think he played pretty well at USC, but Same. I guess he's not as not as good as I may have thought he was. I remember him transferring to Pitt, and I was like, oh, that's an exciting transfer. Um, we'll see if he wins the job, and he's obviously the bigger name since he was the starter of last year, and the other guy wasn't. So we'll see what the Pitt, Pitt does. I think they're probably going to finish second and, second or third on this side of the conference. I, I think they'll have a strong year. I, I think Tennessee, that Tennessee game last year, I don't remember the score, but I remember it being really close and really competitive. 
I don't think that'll be easy, even though they're home. Um, the West Virginia game, I think, is going to be very exciting, though. It's two two programs don't really like each other all that much, and uh, oh, yeah. Pitt's defense we talked about, and then West Virginia should have an improved offense this year. Uh, they actually have a name for that game. It's like the backyard something, or because remember these backyard teams, brawl. I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it is backyard brawl. Because these two teams played against each other back when they both played in the uh, Big Ten. So I mean, this is kind of like old rivals meeting up again, which I'm all for, honestly. The Big like, Ten I or wish, Big East? Or yeah, the Big East. Sorry, yeah. And it, like I really wish, guys, that almost that they played crossover games like against the or that like Texas and, and uh, Texas A&M would play each other in kind of the same way. You know what I mean? I like, I'm a big fan of all the old school rivalries. Um, ultimately though, Ben here for, for Pittsburgh, I think it's going to be a pretty good campaign. Honestly, I think this team is going to end up, I say they lose. I think they might beat Tennessee to be honest with you, even though I think Tennessee is going to be a good team. I say they lose at Louisville and at Miami. I have them losing two, maybe three games. The win total on yeah, them I have at, three. Yeah, so, I mean, two to three losses I think is very, very fair. So, I think that there is no wrong in saying that. But ultimately, I think this Pitts team is going to be pretty damn good. And honestly, I mean, call me crazy. I definitely, Well, I definitely think they're going over eight and a half wins. I'm not betting it, though, because it's at minus 140. But, I mean, if they were to beat Miami, I think they match up well against Clemson and could have a chance at going to the college football playoff if they were able to somehow run the table. So, I mean – I'll, I'll, I'm I'm going to say nine and three though is, is going to be my final on them. It's going to be they're going to be yeah, good though. Solid year. Yeah, just because they lost Kenny Pickett, guys, don't sleep on this team. Pat Narduzzi's a damn good coach. He's been building something here for year after year after year after year. Um, next up here, let's keep it in the coastal and let's talk about the Miami Hurricanes. Ben, you see an entire new regime here in Miami as that Mario Cristobal now takes over as head coach. Um, also as well for the Hurricanes, they bring back star-studded QB Tyler Van Dyke. They also bring back 73% of their production from last season, which is huge for this Miami team. They think they're building something down there in uh, Coral Gables, Ben. I'll start us out on Miami. Look, Mario says he's thoroughly impressed with his offensive and defensive line. The defense was never a problem there under Manny Diaz. He got the guys in. They had a pretty decent defense because the offense could never figure things out. Now on the now they bring Josh Gaddis over from uh, Michigan to be their offensive Michigan. coordinator. Yeah, I think that Van Dyke's gonna be able to throw it around the yard. Honestly, I mean, I think I I picked Tyler. I played Tyler Van Dyke to win the Heisman Trophy. That's who I'm going with is my prediction to win Heisman. And look, when I look at the Miami schedule, man, yeah, it is. It, they have two tough games. They play at Clemson and they also play at. Um, at Texas A&M. I've already chalked up at Texas A&M as a loss. That's fine. It's not in ACC. I think they'll handle their business last game of the season at home versus Pitt. And I think they, them versus Clemson is going to be a really, really tight game. It can go either way. I have Miami winning this side of the ACC. I think they'll be the Coastal's representative in the, in the ACC championship game. I just think that Tyler, I think Tyler Van Dyke is honestly like, I think he'll be the number one pick next year when he's eligible to come out for the draft. I think he's that good of a QB. I think that, this is the I think this is Miami's year, man. Mario is the right coach. Look, I know we've heard a thousand times, Ben, that Miami's back. Miami's back. I don't ever like when they hire these other coaches, I don't ever remember ever us getting excited about it. Mario Cristobal is a completely different guy. I honestly didn't even believe that Mario Cristobal had any interest in coming there. But the fact that he did, I mean, the way he turned around Oregon and the things he does, the way he wins games and the type of coach he is, Mario Cristobal is a beast. And in my opinion, he's one of the 10 best coaches in all of college football. I think Miami gets back to their ways of the old. Yeah, but he's a he's a coach that wherever he goes, the offensive defensive line is given the strength of the program. Mm-hmm. It's what he played. It's what he knows how to recruit. 
Um, he was a beast at recruiting offensive line at Oregon. So absolutely. Um, I just have, I mean, like the defense last year, it wasn't, it was, it was okay. It wasn't great. I think they surrendered 28, 29 points a game um, last year. So I, I agree with you. I think Tyler Van Dyke's a good quarterback. His last, like last five or six games of the season last year were like ridiculous numbers. I remember. So um, it's just Derek King has started the year coming off that big injury. I, I yeah. would have liked to see just what Tyler Van Dyke, if he was ready, because they played Bama to open up the year. Yep. Derek King wasn't ready. I was at the game oh my live. Gosh. Like he was a guy that was built on his mobility, getting outside the pocket, and he couldn't really move. So uh, I, it would have been interesting to see Tyler Van Dyke live. My my concerns with Miami are: uh, what does the defense look like in mm-hmm. year one? They have to replace some receivers, and then um, just kind of putting it all together. Just year one. I think the good thing for them is this side of the conference is much weaker than the other side. Uh, there's games that should be a gimme on this side of the conference, if, if I'm being quite honest. So, um, but I mean, I, you, I talked to, I, uh, well, I can't speak. I was telling you right before we recorded, I think mm-hmm. you agreed with me. Like this conference has a lot of good quarterbacks, just not all of those good quarterbacks are on good teams. So, you know, I think it's going to be an interesting conference for that part. I have Miami winning this side of the conference. Um, and I think Miami and Clemson, would be a hell of a matchup because we'll get to Clemson later. But Clemson's defense is one of the tops of the country, and Tyler Van Dyke's a very good quarterback. So, um, yeah, I think he, I think he's poised to have another good year. I think he's, I think it's, it's all got to come together. First year offensive coordinator who's coming off a, a great year, obviously at Michigan. Great calling plays from Josh Gallis, Gaddis at Michigan. Great quarterback coming back. You just got to replace a couple of receivers and put it all together. No, I agree with you completely. I did play Miami over eight and a half wins. I like that one a lot. Obviously not as strong as my five unit on Utah's. This was a one unit play. I do have another win total later on too for the ACC. Um, also too, the last thing about Miami real quick is it helps when you get to play against the two lowest win total teams in the conference. That's Georgia Tech and that's Duke are on this side. Um, next team up is the Virginia Tech Hokies. The Hokies went six and seven last year. They did go bowling where they won their bowl game. Um, You see quite a bit of turnover here as they bring in new head coach Brent Pry, who comes over from uh, Penn State as he was their defensive coordinator. Um, They do play West Virginia, which I think is kind of cool that West Virginia, I mean, hats off to West Virginia, man. Like we we said on the uh, Big 12 podcast, they might have the hardest out-of-conference schedule of any team in that conference. Most of them schedule cupcakes. But they also play Wofford, Old Dominion, and then their crossover games are at NC State, which is going to be a very tough one. We'll get the Wolfpack later. And their other crossover game is uh, is uh, Boston College, and they also take on Liberty later on the season. So they do give themselves some pretty easy games here. Um, Virginia Tech is also bringing back – they have 51% of the offense back, 79% of defense. Grant Wells, Marshall quarterback transfers in here to play QB for them most likely. They're apparently still battling it out, but one would think he'll be the starter. What do you think about them, Ben? Everything I've read is uh, the the concern relies on the depth on their team and then the offense coming back, just you know, some new faces coming in. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think Virginia Tech's looking – I actually – think their schedule like I know that Liberty loses Malik Willis but I, I just think that um Liberty's, name. Liberty's such, new QB Charlie scumbag. Brewer Hugh, oh Hugh yeah, Freeze Charlie yeah. Brewer, uh, Hugh Freeze thank you okay um I, I just think he's a good coach knows how to coach offense and I don't think Boston College is an easy out with uh Phil Jokovic coming back so yeah. I mean I, and NC State's obviously a tough game I, I mean just with those three t- three teams and two crossover and one out of conference. I, it's not the easiest schedule for Virginia Tech. I think they finish 
think I have him fourth. Yeah, I believe I have him fourth on this side. Um, uh-huh. I, I think there's an interesting hire because Virginia Tech just under, uh, you know, Brent Foster was there forever. The defensive coordinator was really, really good. And then, oh, I'm going to hate myself for forgetting. Frank the famous Beamer. Virginia Tech football. Frank Beamer was always just, just an all-around good coach. They always, Virginia, Virginia Tech put a lot of defensive players. So I like the hire, sticking with the defensive formula, defensive mentality for the school. I just think it's going to take a little bit more time for this coach to get going. Yeah, no, for for sure. I mean, I still think Virginia Tech has a solid schedule. Their win total is at six. I think six, seven wins is about it. I have no interest in betting this. I think you'll probably end up pushing and getting your money back. But I think six wins is about about right for them. I mean, at the end of the day, last year when I watched their offense play, it was Braxton Burmeister. What a name. Just pulling the ball down and running every single play. I remember he got his head absolutely taken off finally against Notre Dame. He was good at running the ball, but they could not pass the ball at all. I think Grant Wells at least gives them a little bit more back on this offense, but I agree with you. I think that they're going to get back to what they do best. That's pack out whatever they, what do they call their stadium? I can't remember. Um... It's one of the best – regardless, it's one of the best home field advantages in college football. I'd say it's probably in the top ten. I think they're just going to get back to packing out that stadium, making big plays on special teams, and having a defense that's going to beat you up the entire game. So, I like. I think the Hokies finished fourth as well. Lane Stadium. Lane Stadium. That's right. I think they have a nickname you're thinking, for it. You're thinking of, you're thinking of Sandstorm for the entrance, I think, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do play Sandstorm. It gets absolutely electric. I remember – we all remember last year – me and Ben were talking about in the podcast. We could not figure out how the Virginia Tech was favored or was uh, UNC was like minus two and a half at Virginia Tech. And we were both just like, no, nah, we're not going to take it, man. They got absolutely blindsided in that game by the that best, Virginia Tech I, defense. I, I would encourage you to look up, I forget how many years ago, two, maybe three years ago, probably two years ago, when Clemson played at Virginia Tech. I think it was um, their old coach who was just fired his first year there. I think they played Clemson at home, and mm-hmm. that stadium was was rocking. It was insane how loud it was there. But you know, the team's got to keep the keep the fans in the game. So no, absolutely, Clemson can take out that sound pretty quick. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd love to see Virginia Tech get back. When me and Ben were growing up, Virginia Tech was a powerhouse in the ACC. So we need to see them get back in there. That's crazy to think about, Ben, that we're old now. Um, let's keep things moving, though, in the ACC. Next team up is the Virginia Cavaliers, the Hoos, as most people like to call them. They finished fourth last year. We'll go over them. So Virginia brings in a new head coach. It is Tony Bennett, offensive coordinator from uh, – Tony Elliott. From, Tony Elliott, sorry. Tony Bennett's their basketball coach. Tony Elliott from uh, – he, he comes over from uh, Clemson. He was the offensive coordinator there. Um, for Virginia, uh, they bring back quarterback Brendan Armstrong, who obviously is very good. They bring back all their wide receivers. They bring back all their running backs for a very high-powered offense. The problem is they have only 42% of their defense coming back and none of their offensive line. Um, be yeah. honest with you with you here, Ben, on, on Virginia. Look, I think this offense is going to be fun to watch, but I also think Brendan Armstrong is going to take an absolute beating out there. I also didn't love what Clemson tried to do in the past game last year, so I don't know necessarily if Tony Elliott's going to be the answer here for them at head coach. I thought I really liked this team when they had Bronco Middenhall as their head coach. I thought he was You could blame the quarterback at Clemson for that probably. Yeah, you could definitely bring D, blame DJ. We'll get him on the back half. Ultimately, I think Virginia is going to be a fun team to watch. I think they go five and seven and miss a bowl game. Like, I think this is going to be a fun – like, I think it's probably the most fun non-bowling team to watch in all of college football. I think if you're betting on their games, you want to look at a lot of overs. And, I mean, they're going to play some high-powered shootouts. But, ultimately, I don't think Virginia is going bowling here. I think five wins is what it will be at for them. 
yeah so this just reminds me of like wake forest like you would watch a wake forest game and, mm-hmm. and sam hartman and, and the demon deacons would just put up a million points but then their defense gives up a touchdown in three or four plays so um what's interesting about brendan armstrong is um i believe he's a lefty isn't he yeah he is like yeah. you so there's one good reason for me to like <laughs> him. but he he led all all he led all power five quarterbacks by averaging 420 23 total yards last um last fall so last year which is just unbelievable 427 total yards their problem was their defense gave up 34 points a game uh and they don't return very many of them so i i think they're going to be fun to watch if you like a lot of points but um i just hope brendan Armstrong stays healthy because he's a fun quarterback to watch and it's fun to see virginia play like high scoring football games everyone thinks of it as a basketball school obviously so Good chance for Tony Elliott to come in here and kind of get this program going on the right track. And, uh, you know, he was he was at Clemson for years. So I don't think the Clemson offense last year is totally his fault. He had a quarterback that True. didn't live up to any of the hype that we'll get into. Um, so I, I think I think it's an interesting hire. I think it was a good hire. It's time for him to move on from Clemson. Yeah, no, I do agree with you on that. It's good to see Davos kids uh, get out to play a little bit, if you will. Um, next team up here as we keep things moving will be the North Carolina Tar Heels. North Carolina obviously loses quarterback Sam Howells. They have 49% of their offense returning. They do have 78% of their defense. Um, as those of you all know, me and Ben were very high on them last year. They're not that good. Out of conference, they play at App State and at Georgia State, which are honestly two very hard um, non-power five road games. I mean, I feel like they did themselves no favors. Um, they're crossover games. They take on – oh, actually, and they play Notre Dame. I don't know how I missed that one on the schedule. That's going to be a tough one as well. They have to go at Miami in a crossover game and at Wake – or and at a – or they have to play at Wake Forest and they play NC State. That's weird. They play three crossover games for them. Um, also, actually, remember, Ben, when they played each other? I think it was last year or two years ago where they played Wake Forest, and it was an, it was considered an out of conference game, even though both teams are in the ACC. It was like a it was like a not conference. It didn't count towards their conference schedule, but um, or towards their conference record. But anyway, I think life after Sam Howell might not be that bad here. Josh Downs, their wide receiver, will definitely be a first round pick. I think he has one, or I don't know if he's a soft. I think he's a junior, so he might be he's, a first. He's eligible after the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he'll probably be a first-round pick when he comes out. I can't believe nobody offered him NIL money to get him up out of there. But on top of that, I like this defense. I think Mac Brown's been building something there. He's been getting in really good recruiting classes. I mean, this is he's got a bunch of sophomores and juniors now that are going to be on this defensive side of the ball. We talked with the defense last year, and it was dog shit. I think they build on dog it, and they're shit. a lot better this year. They also have a new offensive coordinator as well. Ultimately, this win total is at seven and a half. I think they probably go under and win seven or six games. They have a very tough schedule, but I think that this defense is going to be decent, and I think UNC will be a competitive team. I just don't think that they're going to do anything more than six or seven wins. Yeah, um, the defense was – so if you go back and look at two recruiting classes, though, you look at their some of the defensive recruits they got, it's like, wow, mm-hmm. how did UNC get these guys? You remember Tony Grimes was like the number one corner – out of high school, and then they have one of the greatest names in college football, Storm Duck, as their other corner. Yeah, what so, a name. What a name. So they surrendered 32 points a game last year, 6.1 yards per play. Um, it, was, it wasn't great. They ranked 11th in the ACC in pass efficiency defense and 10th against a run. Thomas, you want to remind people how many teams are in the ACC? 14. Yeah, so they ranked 11th and 10th in those respective categories. The good news is 
they bring in Gene Chizik as a defensive coordinator who's been a longtime mm-hmm. good coordinator, um, you know, had, had good years as a head coach as well, and obviously won a national championship at Auburn. Um, you mentioned Sam Howell leaving. So they got they have a quarterback battle going on right now. But what's interesting is one of them is a guy named Drake May. So who is Drake May? Drake May originally committed out of high school to Alabama, ended up transferring to UNC. Does the last name May from North Carolina ring any bells? Luke May. Guess who his brother is? Luke May. <laughs> brother is longtime UNC great on the hardwood. Um, so that's an interesting, it's just an interesting UNC connection. I'd like to see him have that job because in the first game, you know, they're going to bring it up. His brother was an absolute stud uh, in college basketball for the Tar Heels. So listen, I think they should be, I, I think whoever's throwing the football, just get the ball to Josh Downs as often as he can. He's a first round pick in, in uh, next year's NFL draft, no doubt. I mean, he's, he's a stud, catches everything. So he had, I, I looked it up earlier, he had like 101 catches last year. Mm-hmm. So that could go up even higher. So I think it's going to be interesting. I think UNC, uh, let me go back to my notes. I have UNC finishing third in uh, their point of the ACC, just behind Pitt and just behind Miami. So I think they'll have a solid season, but uh, I'm just curious. Like, I feel like they're not winning enough games for the decent recruiting classes Mac Brown's put together in some of these years. So it's, it's just interesting to – you know, he's, he's an older coach. How much, how much time does he get before you go younger? So I, I think if they have another, if they have a disappointing season, if their defense is really bad again and it, and it hurts their record, I don't know how much longer Matt Brown's going to stay there. Yeah, I do agree with you on that. Um, ben, last team up here. I actually have them finishing the same spot as you as well. I have, um, I have, have Miami, Pitt. Then after that, I have UNC. Then I have Virginia Tech. Then Virginia. The last two teams exactly we have here in the yeah the, the last two teams we have here in the ACC Ben we have Duke and Georgia Tech both teams win totals aligned at three. I'm also going to rope in Syracuse from the from the um, Atlantic side into in with these two teams from the coastal. Um, I told Ben before podcast we're not wasting our time going in depth on these teams. I'm sorry Georgia Tech fans that are listening to this podcast as I do know a lot about Georgia Tech football, but I'm not going to give them the time of day if their win total is three. Ben, which team finishes with the best record out of these three? I would go with Syracuse if we're going out of these three. I mean, Tech literally returns nobody coming this year. It's it's just insane. Like, I, he's not – Jeff Collins, come, when he got the hire, I thought it was interesting. He's a guy that's been there before. He's, uh, he knows his area very well. And a couple years later, he's, he's definitely on the hot seat. I mean, I, I think what's interesting about Tech is um, – Jeff Sims, their quarterback, is actually pretty solid. If you watch him play, he's – I mean, he struggled a little bit, but he's yeah, pretty solid. Big arm can run. Yeah, can he stay healthy? But if he doesn't, backup quarterback is someone who we're both pretty familiar with. It's Zach Gibson, who went to Johns Creek High School. That's um, crazy. I so didn't he, even know he was there. I believe he transferred to Tech from Akron, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So, um, what's interesting about Jeff Collins is he hasn't recruited much. And – I thought it was an interesting strategy. I kind of liked it. He was trying to bring the Atlanta culture back. If you're from Atlanta, you know exactly what that means. If you're not from Atlanta, just just roll with it. Google he brought it. back like the the 404 with like the Waffle House print. He bought, bought like Coke stuff back. He was trying to get like, and he just can't recruit the Atlanta area at all. I think he's nine and twenty five since he's been at Tech. Pretty tough to sell kids on the, to stay home when you're not winning many football games. 
Um, Duke, I have nothing to talk about. Oh, actually, Georgia Tech, one more thing. Thank you for giving Alabama your top running back, one of the best running backs in the country. I knew uh, that was coming. A starter at Alabama, so thank you for him. The thing about Syracuse, which I mentioned real quick, is their running back is absolute stud. Sean Tucker had just mm-hmm. under 1,500 yards last year. Um, I don't – I think he's draft eligible after this year, and I think he'll be he'll – be, Top three, top five running backs take. I think he's that good. If he has another big year at Syracuse, he's he's fun to watch. Breaks a lot of tackles. Um, I'm not going to compare him to anyone, but he kind of runs similar to like a Nick Chubb, like low to the ground, breaks a lot of tackles, yeah. really good stiff arm. So he's a really good running back in the ACC. Um, but that's pretty much all I got on all three of those teams. Yeah, um, I'm going to go first of all Georgia Tech. Whoever the idiot is that scheduled. The major schedule, why are y'all going to play Ole Miss and UCF? I mean, those are just two indefinite losses. I do think it's kind of funny how the Duke schedules Temple and Northwestern and Kansas as they're out of conference just because they <laughs> go go with like two academic schools and then they go with Kansas as well, which is kind of funny, the basketball school rivalry. Good competition for them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They did a better job than Georgia Tech did. Um Syracuse, at least they put UConn on the schedule. I'm going to go Syracuse as well. I mean, they are the one with the higher win total. Look, this is going to be the last year for Jeff Collins and Georgia Tech. I really wish he could have come in and turn it around. He did not turn it around. It is – yeah, he's he's out. Even in – also, too, my dad went to Georgia Tech, and a lot of his friends are big into the football program, and I've, I follow a couple of his friends on Twitter, and all I see them doing on Twitter is complaining about how much they hate Jeff Collins. So, I'm sorry, guys. It's but, been tough since Paul Johnson's left. Yeah, it has been tough. Um. Hopefully they can bring in the right guy for the next quarterback. Um, let's flip things over to the other side of the ACC. Look, Ben, we could go with the respected conference champions, the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, but we're going to start things off on the Clemson Tigers last year. Clemson ended up going 6-2 and two in the ACC, 10-3 and three overall in the campaign as they did lose, lose a game to Georgia. Um, as stated earlier, both their coordinators are gone. Um, Clemson currently – yeah, finally. Clemson brings back 84% of their offense, 61% of the defense. So they do have their entire off defensive line back, but they lose a lot on the back seven. Um, ben, I'm going to start out here and talk about Clemson. First of all, Clemson promoted from within their quarterback's coach. What's his name? Do you remember his name off the top of your head? Their offensive coordinator now? He was the uh, quarterback's um, coach. It's Brandon, Brandon Streeter, I believe his name is. Yeah, yeah, that is it. It's Brandon Streeter. He's promoted to head coach. Look, Clemson was 122nd in explosive pl- explosive passing last year. That is freaking terrible. I think there's like 130-something, like 32 teams that play D1 college football bowl eligible. So that is just absolutely freaking pathetic. Look, DJ Ugalele, is that the correct pronunciation, Ben? Ungalele, something like that. We Ungalele, yeah, whatever. I don't even know if it's worth us pronouncing anymore because I don't know how much longer he's going to be the starting quarterback there. Look, DJ's got to get it together. Apparently, he lost 15 pounds. Apparently, they've been working on a lot more quick throwing offense. They do have a lot back at the wide receiver position, at the running back position. I don't know, man. I'm not sold on this team. I mean, look, they got lucky in some games. Georgia Tech was absolutely pathetic, and they almost went in their house and beat them. They beat them 14-8. to I mean, there's other games, too, where I felt like Clemson was a little bit fortunate to win. At the end of the day, Clemson's so much bigger than a lot of these teams in the ACC on the offensive line and defensive line that they're just going to push teams around up front. Like, Wake Forest doesn't stand a chance against them. They'll just push them over up front. But, like, the teams that are big up front can definitely play with Clemson. I think this Clemson team is going to be about the same as they were last year. I mean, at the end of the day, on their non-conference schedule, 
Clemson Clemson plays it a lot easier than they did last year. They do have to take on Notre Dame, but they play Furman and Louisiana Tech doing themselves some favors. They also take on South Carolina, who's barely even an SEC team. But overall, though, I just feel like that they're going to lose at Notre Dame for sure. And I feel like there's going to be one game in the ACC that they're going to drop, whether it's probably not at Wake Forest. They got a revenge game against NC State, so probably not that one. But, I mean, Florida State, man, we almost had them beat last year, and we were not that good. Could it be Florida State? Could it be Louisville? Could it be Miami? I don't, I'm just saying, I've seen a lot better Wake Forest teams still lose to Syracuse and lose to other trash teams in the ACC. I'm, I am say two losses for this team. Yeah, so, I mean, I'll just run some quick numbers real quick uh, about the offense. 5.2 yards per play last year, 26.3 per, points per game. It's For Clemson standards, they, those are atrocious. Um, you know, DJ had a 55.6% completion rating last year, nine touchdowns versus 10 interceptions. That's Those are all That's three awful. atrocious. Those are atrocious numbers. It's all bad, bad, bad that you care about Clemson. And they went 10 and three. Now, I understand that for Clemson standards, that's not very good. But from a college football standpoint, winning 10 games is still still going to keep your uh, still going to keep your job. I, I, Dabo's not in the hot seat. I'm just saying in general, yeah. right? Like, I mean, I was a Georgia fan growing up, and everyone eventually got tired of Mark Rick. Mark Rick averaged 10 or 11, I forget the number, 10 or 11 uh, wins per year. Like, it's not bad to win 10 games per year. You just expect more out of schools like Clemson. So I think Will Shipley is a stud out of the backfield. He's got to stay healthy. Um, but he's a guy that has good hands out of the backfield, good, you know, good receiving skills, runs the ball really hard, uh, and his speed is ridiculous. So they have Cade Klubnick, which if you follow recruiting, you definitely know who Cade Klubnick is. He went to a very famous high school, uh, Austin Westlake, um, look up their alumni. They have quite a few NFL alumni. If I'm not mistaken, I believe Drew Brees went there. Um, I think you're but regardless, right. he went he went 30 and 0 in his starting career uh, at Austin Westlake. They they play some pretty tough competition. Um, so that's really impressive. People are talking like it, it could be a Trevor Lawrence situation with Kelly Bryant. Now I'm not comparing Kate Public to Trevor Lawrence. There is no prospect like Trevor Lawrence. But what I mean by that is as soon as Kelly Bryant struggled in the early season, um, Dabo Sweeney did not hesitate to put in the talented true freshman Trevor Lawrence. I think you can see the same thing. So what's interesting about Clemson is look, let's look at their schedule, okay? They play at Georgia Tech week one. Let's presume that's a win. They play Furman week two. Let's presume that's a win. They play Louisiana Tech week three. Let's presume they start 3-0. and yeah. Let's presume at least two out of those three games, Cade Klubnick gets some snaps in the second half, if not most of the four, fourth quarter in those games. No offense to Louisiana Tech and Furman. If he's playing very well in those games, their fourth game is at Wake Forest. Their fifth game is home against NC State. If they're losing in the second half against Wake Forest and DJ's not playing well, don't be surprised to see Kate Club that get some snaps. If they win that game and both the quarterbacks play, but DJ finishes the game, or let's say Cade finishes the game, but DJ starts that next game at NC State, he has a bad first quarter, bad first half, he's getting pulled right again. Dabo is not afraid to pull his guys when he knows that there's a talented guy behind him. He wouldn't have recruited uh, Cade Klubnik as hard as he did. If you go look at stories that uh, Cade's done interviews, is, he said Dabo and the Clemson offensive staff was calling him almost every day. He wouldn't be recruiting him this hard if he didn't think he needed some help and some depth in that quarterback room. So don't be surprised if Cade – 
club that gets some playing time in those early first three games. If he balls out, DJ's going to have to keep it going for his sake. So, other than that, the positive news about Clemson, I think they're going to have one. Wait, of Ben, do you think country. that's a negative? Do you think that's a negative thing though for DJ that he knows he's got Klubnik waiting in the wing and that he could possibly overtake his job? Because I mean. I feel like it kind of is. I mean, DJ struggled a lot last year. The only problem is that they had like a had like a walk on as his backup. I, compared to last year, it, it should make you a little bit more nervous. But let's not forget, DJ was one of the highest rated quarterbacks in the country. He was a five star prospect. Competition the, should bring the best out of you. But didn't he play at like Bishop Gorman or somebody like that? And they play a much worse talent out in Vegas. No. I, uh, or no, I, I think, think he, he was played, actually. I think he was St. John's Bosco, actually. I think he played at St. John's Bosco, yeah, which is a prominent high school. So yeah, right. no, I, I, I think competition should you shouldn't shy away from competition. I think he's listen. It's his job. He's not. He's the starting quarterback. It's not a quarterback battle in practice, but it's, uh, you know, they probably had talks this offseason. The weight thing. He ain't cutting weight for no reason. They think mm-hmm. it's gonna help. If you said they, they're changing the offense to quick throws, they see that as a benefit for him. They're not going to change his ways to, to hurt, you know, to hurt him in yeah. any way. It, and I think his defense is going to help him out a lot. So if he can just get that touchdown to turnover ratio a lot better than it was last year, which it shouldn't be hard, nine touchdowns and 10 interceptions should not be hard to improve on. I think Clemson has a, has a better year. I have Clemson winning this side of the ACC. Okay. Okay. Um, I actually do have Clemson winning this side of the ACC either way. I know it's a little hard on them in my analysis. I just think that this isn't the Clemson team of old at the end of the day. Um, let's keep things rolling though, Ben. Anyway, guys, we stepped away and took a brief intermission, but let's go ahead and get this thing back on track. We're in the Atlantic Coast Conference, the ACC. We're in the Atlantic Division of the ACC. We just talked about Clemson. Now we're going to talk about the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, who were the conference champions. They went 7-1. and one. Their only loss was at Clemson. This team was 11-3 and three total on the campaign. Um, ben, this Wake Forest team, they still have Dave Clawson. They still bring back quarterback Sam Hartman. Um, on top of that, Wake Forest also returns their star-studded wide receiver, A.T. Perry, as they bring back 97% of their offense, um, 64% oh, yeah. of the defense. Their win total set in eight and a half. They won 10 games last year. That's the best year they've had since Riley Skinner was playing quarterback for them, and they had Al Groh as their head That was his name right out. Yeah, I think it was Al Groh as their head coach. Um, ben, I'm going to be straight up with you here, man. I don't think it's happening like that two years in a row for this Wake Forest football team. I mean, Wake Forest, they they lose their kicker, Nate Skiba, to the NFL. He missed one field goal the entire time he was there. The guy was absolute money. Um, they also lost their their second wide receiver. was a 1,000-yard guy. I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he is now playing on the Cowboys, as is their leading tackler last year from defense. Um, I think this Wake Forest team takes a step back and regresses. I, mean, I don't know if you remember or not their games at all last year they played. I mean, that game they played against Army was one of the craziest shootouts I've seen in college football. Um, they do get VMI and Vandy in the out-of-conference as well as Liberties. They do play Army again. I just think it's a tough schedule, man. They're going to get pushed around by Clemson up front. Florida State's going to want revenge on them. They have to go at Louisville, at NC State. Luckily, though, they get at they have to play at Duke. I just think it's a tough schedule and all. I think eight wins will be solid for them. At the end of the day, Dave Clawson 
want kept the, he keeps these guys around. He keeps building, building, building. Sam Hartman, Hartman is a veteran. I still think this team is going to win eight games, which I mean, it's still a solid season. It's Wake Forest. You know what I mean? They're not a blue blood like that. I just think last year, you know, they benefited just like we talked about in the past from a lot of these programs, you know, having these guys who stuck around who were 26 or they were 25 years old, still playing college football. You know, I think they benefited from all that. Still think this is going to be a good season for them. Eight wins is solid for Wake Forest. That's just what I see it as. I don't see another 10 win season. Yeah, I don't disagree with much. Um, I haven't finished third on this side. Um, I just think the two top teams ahead of them, Clemson and NC State, I, their defenses are really good, specifically on the defensive line. I think they can mm-hmm. um, kind of get to Sam Harbin a little bit. But here's the thing. They returned four starters on the offensive line. You're thinking of Jaquari Robinson uh, as the receiver that returned. Yep. But they get Sam Hartman back, and they get um, – um, like you mentioned, all the A.T. Perry and, and a couple other – Donovan Green was another one and another receiver that they get back that I can't think mm-hmm. of right now. I think it's just the same issues last year. I mean, that Army game was so much fun to watch. But um, so, I mean, I, I was reading something earlier. and One of their, their new uh, coordinator on defense, Brad Lambert, supposedly is one of the ACC's top assistant hires. Like people were like – I remember the national media was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is a really good hire. Their problem is going to be the same as it was last year. They surrendered 31.2 points uh, a game in conference play last year. And I wouldn't say this conference has the most electric offenses as it did last year. I think they'll be better on offense this year. Um, stopping the run, they gave up 196 yards a game on the ground last year. That's a massive concern, which is why, you know, Army runs the triple option. If you can't stop the run, playing Army ain't great, so. I think the Army game should be pretty exciting again this year. Um, this team is super fun to watch. It's a great overs team. Uh, I wish they played Virginia this year because I think that would be a pretty fun game to watch. But uh, Sam Hartman, he's fun to watch. If you've never seen him play football, he's, he's an exciting quarterback. He has a really good deep ball. I feel like he kind of reminds pe- me of like when Sam Howell had his weapons at North Carolina, kind of throws that deep ball like Sam Howell did. But I think that Wake Forest, right around uh, the win total, right around the eight-win mark, and finishing third on the side of the conference. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think you hit the nail on the head there. It should still be a fun team to watch, a nice high-powered offense. The ACC's got a lot of good quarterbacks. Me and Ben were talking about in the green room. They might have the best conference of quarterbacks overall. Speaking of great quarterbacks, let's talk about the NC State Wolfpack. NC State was tied with Clemson at 6-2, and 9-3 and three overall in the campaign. NC State brings back quarterback Devin Leary. They also bring back the best defensive line, arguably in college football. They have one of the be- they have the best linebacking core as well in college football, and a really good secondary. As everyone's back, this NC State team is absolutely loaded. Um, ben, what, why don't you go ahead and start us off with NC State? So the fun fact about NC State is they return the most starters out of any ACC team. They return seventeen starters, which yep. is a ridiculous amount. Uh, Devin Leary is a stud touchdown to interception ratio, 35 touchdowns, five interceptions. That's just unbelievable. Their defense last year, unbelievable. Um, they averaged the opponents points per games with 19.7. So just under 20 points per game last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they got the big win. They got the big win against Clemson. Um, last year, which was a wild game, which is an overtime game. I remember exactly where I was. I was living in Nashville. My family came, my brother, uh, my whole family, my brother and two parents came over to visit me. We were watching in a bar, and the entire bar went crazy when they decided to just go for two out of nowhere. They got it. Clemson didn't. It's going to be the same thing. The 
they go to Clemson uh, early October this year. That's probably what's going to decide this division. Yep. Um, and really conference. I, I think personally, I think these two teams are better than all the other teams on the other side. I, I know that you might disagree with that, or maybe you'll agree with that. I'll get your take on NC State in a second. I think NC State's going to be really good. My only concern with them, and it kind of is the same thing with Wake, mm-hmm. is these are schools that aren't used to the big win totals. They aren't used to getting predicted to winning the ACC. So what do they do with all the spotlight on spotlight on them? NC State can't hide anymore this year. So I'm not saying they did last year, but a lot more people know about Devin Leary and this offense and defense and team overall than they did last year. So I think it's going to be a really interesting season in Raleigh, North Carolina. I think it's going to be a successful season. And I can't wait for the October 1st matchup against Clemson. But I haven't yeah. finished in second. Yeah, Ben, I think you hit all the nails on the head as well. I've been finishing second behind Clemson as well as I think they end up losing that game. Um, I would also like to mention as well my guy. Actually, I can't call him my guy because I hate Miami. F the Canes. But Tyler Van Dyke did throw for 325 yards, four touchdowns. They beat them 31-30 last year in a crazy win. Um, look. At the end of the day, I I cannot agree more with everything you said. I really think that I could see them losing one game all season and that being their one loss and that unfortunately keeping them out of the ACC championship game. Because like I said, I only see Clemson losing losing one uh, two games as well. I see them losing Notre Dame and dropping one game in the ACC as well. So I think that's the way things are going to end up shaking out in the ACC. I actually see. I actually believe though in NC State, even though they have these. Um, the uh, expectations they usually don't have. I just feel like that this team and NC State, NC State's had good football teams in the past. You know what I mean? So I think it's going to be a good season. Ultimately, though, I don't think it's good quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. They have NFL quarterbacks. Yeah. Mike Glennon and Russell Wilson. So they put them in the Jacoby Brissett. And Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. We got to count him as well. So they put three QBs in the NFL that, I mean, I guess Glennon's No, Glennon was on the Giants last year. So they have three active QBs in the NFL. That's crazy. Dang, that might be a good trivia question. I bet you that they're, I guess Alabama has more quarter. I don't know. We we got too much to talk about to think about that right now. We got we'll, we'll talk about that one afterwards. Um, let's keep things moving though. Let's go to the Louisville Cardinals. They were four and four last year. They're six and seven this year, or they were six and seven overall on the season as they were four and four in the ACC. Ben Louisville does lose with their top off wide receiver, but at the same time they still bring back eighty nine percent of the offense and they have seventy one percent of the defense back. Um, on top of that, it feels like all the drama with Scott Satterfield seemed to figure itself out. They do have a tough out of conference game is they go to the bounce house to take on the UCF Golden Knights in an out-of-conference showdown. Um, Malik Cunningham is back at quarterback. Ben, why don't you go first on them because I think you know what I like on them. Yeah, so it's been back-to-back losing seasons for Louisville. You mentioned the schedule. I, I don't think it's very easy at Syracuse, which is not like that difficult of a game, but if you can't stop the run, it's a difficult game. Um, UCF, as you mentioned, Boston College and Virginia, it's not like the easiest schedule to play against i'll let you take up most of the time on louisville i I think i don't think malik cunningham is a great quarterback i I think he's very susceptible to making bad decisions in the throwing game i think he just likes to run the football and he's a very good runner of the football um i still like scott satterfield as a coach i think he's a pretty good offensive coach i just don't love i feel like we should have gotten more out of louisville's offenses the past couple years but uh, you know I, i have louisville finishing like sixth or seventh in this in this side of the conference. I just don't see it with Malik Cunningham. Maybe I'm wrong on it, but I know that you like him a lot more than me, so uh, take it away. Yeah, I actually did bet NC State over five and a half wins. It's now at six. I still think that Louisville. it's going to go – or Louisville over six and a half wins. I still think that's going to hit. 
I think this team's probably going to lose five games at the end of the day. I mean, they still have to play at at um, Kentucky, at Clemson. They do get NC State at home. They get Pitt at home, and they're at UCF, like I said earlier. Um, I love Malik Cunningham. I think he's one of the most electric and dynamic players in all of college football. I think Malik, I think he's the closest thing. I know everyone's comparing to Lamar Jackson. They both played there. I think he's a lot like him, though, at the same time. But at the same time, he's also like Walmart ran Lamar Jackson. Um, he was 62% on, on uh, completions last year. I just think this team's going to win a lot of games and be very competitive. I mean, at home, they should be able to clean the house on their schedule. I think seven, eight wins is what this team will end up with on the season. I just think that I think that Cunningham really is a difference maker like that when he's running and throwing the football the way he can, when he's healthy, I think he's one of the most dynamic game changing players in the league. Like if he played at Georgia, like if you know what I mean? Like, I think he's, I think he's one of those guys at quarterback in college football. Although, I mean, I even think he could get a shot in the NFL, you know, as being a backup quarterback. I think he could be one of those guys who comes in there and still can run all of our teams until he gets hurt and have a couple of lecture games, almost like Tyler Huntley did on the Ravens. Shout out Louisville for uh, letting your top receiver go to Alabama as well. Yeah, I figured you were going to say that one. I'll leave that one up to you. Um, next team up here on the list as we're getting to the quicker half. Actually, you know what? Let's go ahead and do it, Ben. Four, my four and four last season, five and seven overall Florida State Seminoles. Um, it's going to be a tough season for us down in Tallahassee once again, guys. Um, Florida State is currently returning. Um, quarterback Jordan Travis, who was a beast, obviously 74% of the offense is back 90% of the defense. Only problem is our best player. Jermaine Johnson has gone to the NFL. Now we do play week zero against Duquesne's, which I'm pretty happy about them throwing that one on the schedule, but we still have to play at Louisville or I mean, it's, it, technically it's not at, a LS, uh, at LSU. I mean, yeah, it's like, no, we're going to lose at Louisville for sure. Um, it's technically at LSU, but it is being played in this, in the Superdome. Um, Crossover wise, they do get Georgia Tech, which is very favorable for the schedule. They are playing the Raging Cajuns is out of conference. Of course, we play Florida as always. Um, look, Ben, I think it's going to be a seven and five season at the end of the day for Florida State. We play in the harder side of the ACC, but I think at the end of the day, Mike Norvell got. I've, first of all, I've been here. I have some sources within the program. I've been hearing mixed things. I had once, or I had one source who who's related to someone who plays on the team say that he, Mike Norvell doesn't engage with the players that much. But my other source, who's more on the other side of things, said the players are fired up and ready to go, and so is Norvell. Look, he's been he's been doing better recruiting. He's got some guys in there now. He keeps on getting these top um, these top guys in the program. I think if he doesn't get this team to a bowl game this year, that he is definitely out of the job. But I think he's going to. At the end of the day, when we lost to Jackson State, that was last year, Jacksonville State, that was probably the lowest point of the entire FSU football existence was losing that game. But we didn't quit. We got absolutely worn out against Wake Forest, and they kind of got in Norvell's ass in the in the post game interview, and he was just like saying, "I'm not quitting. I believe in this team," and went off. I know everybody remembers that. That was kind of an iconic moment for us in the season. And then after that, we ended up still beating our rival Miami. We still ended up playing pretty decent as we played a lot of games competitive, and ultimately we won five games after starting out the season zero and four. Which I mean, you play twelve games in college football, so that's I mean that's even uh, that's about fifty percent the rest of the season. I think Florida State's going to build off what happened last year. 
I think we get seven wins. I think Jordan Travis is an absolute game changer as long as he stays healthy. He's just like Malik Cunningham. He's going to get a shot to play in the NFL, not quarterback, probably wide receiver or something, but he is freakish speed and he just, he gets better as the game going and he gets tougher as the game's going. He makes the plays you need on big time third downs with his legs. He's gotten better throwing the ball as well. Florida State brought in a lot of wide receiver transfers that I think could step up and be big. Unfortunately, the best one, his name's leaving me, got in a car crash. So it'll be interesting to see how he adjusts, but all in all, I think this Florida State team ends up doing pretty well this season yeah i've been finishing fourth in this on the acc i don't think it's bad i think norvell improves again i agree with you i think they make a bowl game um coming around on jordan travis a little bit i, I think you're higher on him than i still am i you know i think he's fine i don't think he's anything great but um their defense improved from year from year one under norvell's uh system to year two I know he's probably a little bit more of an offensive guy but year one was a disaster year two wasn't as bad and in year three you're looking to just improve from year to year so I agree with you I think they get to a bowl game this year uh, I think they play more competitive football and I agree with you they've started to recruit the state of Florida a lot better which you need to yeah, no, I think Norvell's got this program moving in the right direction. Let's just get to a bowl game and keep him around. I don't want to see him get run out of town prematurely here. Um, last team up that's worth talking about here is the Boston College Eagles. Um, quick here on Boston College. Boston College last season um, ended up going bowling as that they were – were they were they actually bowl eligible? Six wins, yeah, I think yeah they, they were six. six. They were six and six. Dennis Grissel did play quarterback most of the year as Phil Dracovic got hurt. Um, they bring back their stud wide receiver whose name's leaving leaving me at the moment. 53% of the offense is back. Unfortunately, all the offensive line is gone, and they're t- and the only guy they had back is already hurt now for the season. 67% of the defense is back. Ben, what do you think about the Golden yeah. Eagles? I mean, Phil Dracovic is a really good quarterback when he's healthy. He obviously missed a lot of the year last year. They came back in the end, but it was too late. Zay Flowers is the receiver you're thinking of. Uh, yep. And they returned seven starters on defense, which is great. So as long as Phil Djurkovic can stay healthy, I think they can play in a lot of these games. He's a really competitive quarterback. Um, I have them finishing right below Florida State, so I've been finishing fifth. Same. Um, right on the edge of uh, bowl eligibility this year. But he's a really good quarterback. Yeah, I don't have too much to add either, although I, I do think that Phil Dracovic is an absolute beast at QB. Had he played all last year, Boston College would have had an even better season. But um, other than that, I don't have too much to add. I have the basically the exact same thing as Ben. Ben, before we get out of here, who's your conference player of the year? So I'm torn because I was deciding on Sam Hartman just because he's got a lot of the offensive weapon things going to put up big numbers. But since I have Clemson, Winning the ACC, I don't think they can do it without Will Shipley. So I'm going to go Will Shipley, the running back at Clemson. Interesting pick. I'm going Tyler Van Dyke to be ACC Player of the Year for all the reasons I said. I, I think hope he's a you Heisman are. Candidate. You got him winning the Heisman. Yeah, he <laughs> threw all over everybody. I think Van Dyke's going to come out here and have something to prove. I think this is Miami's coming out party and coming out season. Um, ben, let's go ahead and tell him who we got winning the ACC. I'll go first here. I got Miami beating Clemson in the ACC championship. I think that Clemson beats Miami when they play each other the first time, and I think Miami comes back here the second time that they play each other and circles back around and beats Clemson, giving them their third loss on the season. I think Tyler Van Dyke's going to be too much, and I think Cristobal's too good of a head coach to lose twice in a row to the same team in the same season. I think that Miami wins the ACC title and gets over the hump. That being said, I have futures placed on Miami to win the ACC, Miami to win the ACC championship, and Miami to – to go to the final four 
and uh, Tyler Van Dyke to win Heisman and Miami's win total over. You might as well just put up the U. No, I can't do it as a Florida State fan. And, guys, I'm a Florida State fan. I'm wearing a Florida State shirt right now. Y'all really think I'm going to pick Miami to do this well if I didn't if I didn't think it was going to happen? There's nothing I would love more than to watch Miami lose every – actually, you know what? I hope Miami wins every single game except against us for the rest of their lives. I hope the entire drive in your family listens to this and just <laughs> – goes off on you. I'm on ben, team drawing. Ben, if you're going to do a sports podcast, you can you cannot be biased. That's fine. I, I agree with you. The drawing here shame you. Uh, I got Clemson. I know it's I know it's chalk to get back to the beginning um, or to go back to them, but I, I think this defensive line is really going to carry them. I don't I just don't see how their offense is as bad as it was last year. And if they just get a little bit better, they won 10 games last year with an inept offense. Just get it a little bit better, and you're back to 11, 12 win season. So, um, I, I think, yeah, I, I think Will Shipley, if he obviously I'm depending on him staying healthy, I think he's the X factor for Clemson. So, I'll go Clemson over Miami in the ACC championship game. Let's not forget, last time Crystal Ball played in a uh, championship game, his team didn't show up at all. That is true. They did get absolutely embarrassed against Utah. Um, ben, real quick, twice. Yeah, yeah, twice last year. Um, also, forgot about this, but we got to circle back around to them. Notre Dame is technically not in the ACC, but they play a lot of ACC teams and they are for basketball. So we're going to talk about them real quick here. Obviously, Ben, head coach Brian Kelly departs, goes to Louisiana to go coach LSU. Now head coach Marcus Freeman steps in here. They do have a new starting quarterback whose name leaves me at the moment. Tommy Reese is still there coordinating the offense. What do you think about Notre Dame this season? I mean, their schedule is absolutely brutal. So they start yep. the year with a loss at Ohio State. Um, they play at UNC. They play at BYU. They play Clemson. They play at Navy. Um, and then they at play USC. at USC to finish the year. I, I think they have a pretty good year because I think they can win some of these games, but I think they probably lose three games, I'm going to say. I think they definitely lose at Ohio State. I think they definitely lose to Clemson and then just throw in one more loss. Um, I like this hire. I think I think he's a really good hire. Uh, Marcus Freeman, if he could fix Same. them, it's just I like their players. You remember the video where they were so um, happy that he got the job. So um, I think it's huge for them. But I just think their schedule is really really hard. Yeah, I agree with you completely. I think Marcus Freeman was a home run hire, but I just think the schedule's too tough. Ultimately, though, I think his defensive unit's going to be nasty. I think the offense will struggle at times, but they'll ultimately find their way, as I actually like what Tommy Reese does on the offensive side of the ball. I think Notre Dame, though, in unfortunately will not go to the college playoff. I said they go 10-2 and two on the season, and they end up playing in the Fiesta Bowl again or something like that. So They they do have they do have a stud, and Michael Mayer, a tight end, is an absolute stud. And then their quarterback is Tyler Buschner, or Buschner. Bushner, yeah, that's um, right. I think he's more of a runner yeah. than a passer. I remember him last year. He got in. He got in, I think, in that Cincinnati game because whoever their starter was got hurt, and then they tried to bring in the backup, and he was doing terrible, so they put this guy in. He couldn't really do anything. But their running back is – their running back is back. He's the backup last year. Chris Tyree, I believe his name. Yeah, Chris Tyree. He's a yeah. junior. So, um, listen, that's their it. name's always got the good offensive linemen. Their defense mm-hmm. line is usually pretty good. I just think their schedule is miserable this year, and they have to start at, at Ohio State. Good luck. And let's be honest, too. Kyron Williams bailed them out at times a little bit last year, too. Losing him to the NFL oh, is going to yeah. be tough. I think he went in, like, the and seventh Michael round Mayer of the NFL draft. Oh, yeah. They always tight pump out the tight stud. ends. Yeah, I couldn't believe Kyron went that late in the draft. But, hey. Um, well, anyway, guys, 
that's all we got for today's podcast. We'll be back next week. We have the Big Ten, and we will have um, the AFC East. And then after that, it'll be the SEC preview and our national championship and final four picks. And then we'll also have a college football week zero um, game podcast. Well, so there's a lot of good stuff coming in the next two weeks, guys. Get ready for all that. Um, We appreciate everybody tuned in, and we'll talk to you all soon.